This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Yeah, you come to me today. You want some Parmesan? Yeah, I'll get you some Parmesan. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. 25-20, 15-10, 5, snowshoes, touchdown, Kansas City! According to Jim, is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. It's over! The Bullpups have knocked off Fish of the Age! And for the ninth time in school history, the Bullpups stand atop the state of Kansas! Everything happening in the sports world. Oh! oh are you serious? Slam jam back! Get them ready for the NBA Bucket Contest! And even some things not happening in the sports world. So, you're saying you will not watch any episodes of The Bachelor this year? I think I'd rather have a tooth pull. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing, another edition of According to Jim, right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson. And we said yesterday the foggiest man in McPherson. And I think that probably still holds true today, Mr. Steve Sell. You need some sun therapy, don't you? This is driving me crazy. I mean, I can't I can't take all this fog, clouds. I need me some sunshine. Steve and I made the always exciting journey over to Canton yesterday afternoon because we went to go watch Mound Ridge take on St. John's Military and didn't stick around for the late game for Canton Galvez. I went over to watch Central play. But you and I left at, what, 4 o'clock yesterday afternoon and made the 10-mile drive east. And I don't know if we saw one thing for 10 miles. Anything outside of, like, three feet in front of the car. It was unbelievable. It was about the densest, weirdest fog that I can ever remember. And I think Steve was a little spooked. Oh, yeah. He was sitting in the passenger seat, sort of looking around and looking out to the right. And there's normally lots of fields. We, we could not see Galva. We After we left Canton, we didn't even see Galva until basically we were right on top of it. All of a sudden, we hit a 45-mile-an-hour speed limit sign and went, hey, I guess we're in Galva. Yeah. And then the same thing happened when we got to Canton. Well, we followed some Mound Ridge people uh, heading back to Mound Ridge after the game, and they were kind of you know, going rather slowly. So we just kind of got in behind them. It was thick, dense fog. And there's a lot of fields on the way over there. And you'd look to the right and you could see about where the fence was. You can imagine 10 or 15 feet off the road. Yeah. You couldn't really see the field. You'd look to the left. Hey, there's that fence. We couldn't see the high school when we got to, uh, you know, where you turn in to go to the high school. We couldn't even see the high school. From, from 56, that's how bad it was. And that was during the day. That was during the day, yeah. And then we were rolling back into town, and we were at about where the overpass is, going over the highway, and normally you can see the refinery, you can see all of the east side of McPherson, you can see Walmart, you can see Brahms, you can for sure see the golden arches of McDonald's. We couldn't see one thing. No. We, we couldn't see the closest pizza hut. I couldn't see the, my hand in front of my face. Steve was struggling, and I think he was nervous. I, I don't do well in bad weather as far as being in a car. I really don't. Rain, fog, or in the case of when we went to Kansas City, 
big buildings that you're surrounded by. Oh, yeah. Steve gets a little nervous. I get claustrophobic. A little paranoid. I get claustrophobic in big cities with the big buildings. Have you always been like that? Always. When's the first big city? That When's the first moment that you realized you had that? Oh, probably when I went to a Kansas City Chiefs game when I was 10 years old. And you're sitting there at, what would it have been, Old Municipal old Stadium? Old Municipal Stadium. Ooh. Yeah, I went to some Royals games at Municipal Stadium. Wow, Steve. Well, my mom and dad, when they first got married, they lived right next to Municipal Stadium. That was like a homecoming for them. They were like a block away. There you go. Exciting times for, what were your parents' names? Paul and Betty. Good people. Good people. The best people for Steve. Yeah, yeah. Steve, we've got a busy show today because, well, we had a busy day yesterday, and today we get the news about the new Mid-America Classic bracket. We had a pretty good feel for the girls and their tournament what their seating was going to be going into yesterday because we knew they held a couple of tiebreakers. But the bracket is out. The Bullpups will play Wichita Southeast on the girls' side next Thursday. In the late game, they are matched up with Ulysses and Dodge City. Now, some of you may be thinking, okay, what are these teams like? Well, Ulysses is 8-1. and one. Do you remember what their record was when they came to the Classic last year at this time? I do not. I believe they were 7-1 and one or 8-1. and Pretty one. good. Yeah, it was pretty good. And that Ulysses didn't play a whole lot of offense. We saw them three times that weekend, and then we saw them in the substate. Well, they, they had two games there in the 20s, I believe. Well, then McPherson held them to into the 20s. I think it was 59-22 in the substate final game right. here in March. And then Dodge City, McPherson has already played them this year and won 66-52 on the road. And I'm guessing Dodge City beats Ulysses. I'll say that right now. Ulysses might have the better record. The Battle of the West. We've seen Dodge City. We know how good they are. They're a good basketball team. They're 5-4. and four. Ulysses is 8-1. and one. McPherson also 8-1, and one, but they hold the tiebreaker. And then Wichita Southeast, they are 3-6, and six, and that's McPherson's matchup. I haven't been able to follow them quite as closely as some of the other teams in this bracket this year just because we haven't seen them. But they're 3-6. and six. They haven't done very well in the City League, and it is a pretty good matchup for the McPherson girls. And probably the most important thing of this bracket, they are on the opposite side of the two other best teams. Right. That is Manhattan. That is undefeated Olathe South. Correct. And that's a win for McPherson. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I think the Bullpups have a pretty good path to the finals. You were talking about Wichita Southeast. Wichita schools generally don't do very well in the Mid-American Classic. We, we don't get the premier Wichita schools, but it just seems like the schools we have had out of Wichita haven't done very well in the Classic. I was putting together some notes for the boys yesterday and going through some of their records against City League schools and Sunflower League and EKL, but the thing that I noticed about this year's Mid-America Classic bracket, the Bullpups in the last two seasons, so pretty much the last calendar year, they have wins over four teams that are in this tournament. Whether that was the sub-state final, like I mentioned, against Ulysses, Dodge City earlier this year, and they beat both Olathe South and Manhattan in this tournament last year. They beat Manhattan in the finals. They crushed Olathe South in the semifinals. So this is a McPherson team that has experience against pretty much every team coming in here this weekend, with the exception of Valley Center. But if the Bullpups played Valley Center, then it would be a very bad weekend and a very weird weekend. Manhattan, of course, they saw them. Wellington was at the state tournament last year. The only two teams that we don't really know all that much about are the two bottom seeds, Wichita Southeast and Valley Center. The rest of this field is pretty good at well, the top. Six of the eight teams, I believe, have winning records, I think is what I remember seeing. Yes. So, 
really, you look at, to me, if uh, McPherson wins this tournament, I think the Bullpups run the table through the regular season. I really do. I, I just think they went out during the regular season and finished 19-1. and won. Well, there's a legitimate chance to do that. And we talked about it with Coach Trathman a couple of weeks ago during one of his pregame interviews, and I said something along the lines of, 2018 was really good for you guys because in the second semester of last season, they didn't lose a game. The only game they lost in 2018 was the Derby game about a month ago. Right. And I said, there's a chance that if you continue to play well that you can replicate that. And he said, yeah, there is a real chance for us to do that, but we're going to have to play well. And that is the case with whoever they play out of the top half of that bracket, being Olathe South or Manhattan, however they come across them, whether it's a third-place game, whether it's a championship game, hopefully not a fifth- or seventh-place game. But then you look ahead to Baldwin, which is going to be a very tough game in the middle of February on the road at Lawrence Free State. But those are the real three games right. that will, I guess, two games that well, really I, could pose a problem. I mean, you know, Circle comes here. All right, we have to go to Circle. Right. So that could be a difficult game. Circle played is tough here. Seven-point game, if I recall. And then we do get Augusta here. We struggle with Augusta a little bit, but I think up at the roundhouse, the Bullpups roll that roll to that uh, easy win in that one. And at least the good thing this year for the McPherson girls, if they do bump into Olathe South, who is one of the top teams in Class 6A, they've been very good this year. Remember at this time last year, we were all sitting around going, Late the South has never lost at the Mid-America Classic. Never. The Bullpups are 0-5 against them. True. Well, that monkey is off of their back. In a big way. They Because they rolled Late the South last year. Yeah. And I remember going back and reading a little bit about it this morning, that it was actually a pretty close game at halftime, and that McPherson hadn't quite put them away. Coach Kinneman was doing radio with me that night. But then in the second half, they really put it on them. And this was an Olathe South team that really struggled to score, but they bring a lot of talent back from a good team last year. And if that's the matchup that we get in a championship game, Olathe South, McPherson, then we will have a very good tournament. Yes, or if will. it's Manhattan. Yeah. Because Manhattan was a state tournament team last year, and they lost Christiana Carr, who I believe was at K-State or is at least committed to go there. She starts for K-State. There you go. I so, saw the game the other day. But they have some very good players back from the team last year. And like I mentioned, the important thing is you're only going to have to play one of Olathe South or Manhattan, where last year they had to play two teams like that. And that's assuming the Bullpups get past, to me, Dodge City in the semis. Right. Well, I'm saying that if they win their first game, then they'll probably play Manhattan or Olathe South in either the third right. place I or the championship yeah, game. Yeah. So that's the way the bracket works out. Olathe South and Valley Center will play the first game on Thursday next week. Manhattan against Wellington. Ulysses against Dodge City in the third game. And then McPherson against Wichita Southeast. It seems weird to begin to talk about this tournament because of the McPherson Invitational that starts tomorrow. Which bracket do you think is a deeper field? Do you think it's the girls' bracket or do you think it's the boys' bracket? Oh, I think the girls' bracket by far. you got six teams you know, that are with winning records. Wellington's been very good. Uh, the Wellington girls, I should say, have been very good for the last few years. They're 7-3, and three, of course, Manhattan, McPherson, Olathe, the South. They've all been pretty good, and we've seen Dodge City. We know how good they are. On the boys' side, on the tournament that starts tomorrow, I don't have a good feel this year. I don't either. I really don't. And, you know, I'm I'm normally, you know, in the know on this tournament. A lot oh, of people, yeah. A lot of people call, well, how's it going to go? 
I really don't know. And I know Coach Kinneman took special note last night. Free State played Blue Valley West. Right. And Noah Butler, the best player for Free State, sprained his ankle last night. And Free State ended up winning that game 51-36. to So McPherson is going to take on a Blue Valley West team on the boys' side tomorrow that's 4-5 and and 2-1 and in the EKL. But coming off of a loss against Free State, we'll talk more about that matchup here in just a little bit, Steve. But just comparing these two tournaments... I can't figure out which one is deeper. I think they're both pretty top-heavy, where I think when you look on the boys' side at Free State, at McPherson, at Shawnee Heights, at Shawnee Mission East, Manhattan, I think those five teams are all very solid. And I think you could throw Blue Valley West into that category, right. too. I think they're all very solid. Do I think any of those teams are, at a state level, great? Probably not this year. No. Maybe Free State. I mean, they're coming off of a second-place finish in the state with a decent amount of guys back. But without a player like Noah Butler, like you mentioned, who was hurt, it could be an interesting tournament for them. And Free State, I believe, was the number one team in the state when they came here last year at 6A. Right. And they lost twice. Right. So you just don't know what you're going to get from these teams. And I think that is what makes this tournament this weekend so exciting is that I think you could see almost any seed in this tournament well, I think pick I, up wins. I think I said there were six teams legitimately could finish one through six. I think Mill Valley, uh, who's the other one? Wichita, what's the other one? West? Yes, Wichita West. They're I, the I, seven. I think those two teams are kind of destined for the uh, sunshine game on Saturday or fog game on Saturday, depending what it is. Now, for those that are worrying about the weather, Shane Bakus has informed us all teams – will be staying in McPherson on Friday. So they will not be driving home on Friday, the ones that, you know, could drive home. Everybody's staying in town. So we're going to have a tournament on Saturday, whether people show up or not. There's gonna It's going to be played out. The officials are going to be, I think, sequestered here too, if you want to put it that <laughs> Sequester the officials. Yeah, we're going to sequester you the officials. You will sit in this hotel room. You cannot watch TV. Yeah. You cannot read Mid-Kansas we're gonna, online. We're, we're going to have a tournament no matter now. The thing is about the weather, it's not. I don't think it's so much that we're going to get a lot of snow and ice. It's, it's just going to be so cold. It's just going to be cold. Now, remember, the forecast that we've had, I think, on the air, it's going to be like 45 during the day on Friday. It's not supposed to crater until around late Friday afternoon into Friday night. So, you know, really the first two days should be no problem. It's just do people want to get out in the cold, but again – I think the high is supposed to be like 24, 25. That's not like brutal. Now it's supposed to get down to about 12, I think, on Saturday night. Now I think Steve will say, oh, that's not brutal. But I can guarantee that when he's sitting on the floor at the roundhouse, he will have his coat on. I will have my coat. He might have his stocking cap Good. on. Very well. And he will probably be wearing a glove on his left, left hand. Left glove, yeah, me and the bus. You know, bus used to wear one glove when he played football. Oh, yeah. So that was his look. All right, Steve, let's take a break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about the boys' tournament coming up this weekend, and in particular, McPherson's matchup with Blue Valley West. We'll do that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. 
You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon, it's according to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Jim Joyner, Steve Sell. Steve, you excited for some tournament action tomorrow afternoon or oh, tomorrow always, night? I'm always excited. Late into the night. I'm always excited. Posting stories at midkansasonline.com. And the K-Man will have a photo from every game. Man, the K-Man will be all over it. He will be. Tomorrow. Well, speaking of tomorrow, the Bullpups will open up the McPherson Invitational by taking on a team that has been here pretty much every single year since 2008, every single year since 2008, and that is Blue Valley West. They come in at 4-5, and five. Steve, like we mentioned, they lost last night on the road against Free State, and this is a team that they have some really good size, and they have some guys that have been playing, even though a lot of their best players are juniors. They were here last year and had to play some big minutes for this team. I'm excited to see what McPherson does against a team that is bigger than them. Because they haven't had to play a ton of games where they are really outsized. The Augusta game was a little bit like that where everybody was a little bit taller than them. But this is going to be a different style of play that they see from Blue Valley West. And one of the tendencies that we see a lot, Steve, with teams that are coming from the East, and in particular the Kansas City area, they don't play as fast of a game of basketball. Molasses. There's not a, there's it. not as much scoring from it's these molasses teams. molasses basketball. That's what I call it. Sunflower League, Eastern Kansas League. It's just a little bit slower. Right. So what will happen when McPherson, who plays at a pretty fast pace, plays against a team that's a little slower, likes to play a half-court offense, and they've got a six foot eight big man and Omar Stanley to dump the ball to inside? Well, first off, I just want to say Blue Valley West will have a new coach. Which is second season. Lions, Nate, no. Donnie Campbell's gone. Ryan Hintz is their head coach. This is his second season. I thought Donnie was gone last year. He was gone last year. Okay, okay. Well, just forget that then. (laughs) Anyway. Well, Donnie Campbell, who's from Lions, the point that you were going to make, he was the head coach of Blue Valley West for a very long time. Right, right. Won the state championship in 2007. That's right. He was put in the Hall of Fame, by the way. At Blue Valley West. Yeah, I I don't know why I was thinking he was here last year. He was not. He might have been here in spirit. Well, he probably was. We'll put it that way. But anyway, but. getting back to Blue Valley West. Uh, o- Omar Stanley, 6'8", very athletic, very long. Had 14 against the Bullpups last year. He had four last night against Lawrence Free State. So it shows that, you know, he can be contained. Uh, generally, teams from the East, they play a lot of zone. And I wouldn't be surprised given the Bullpups' you know, lack of success I guess you could say, in three-point shooting. They could very well play zone. And there's one key to me for the entire game. and There's easily one key. Cody Stufflebean cannot get in foul trouble. He has got to play foul-free or keep his fouls at a minimum because without him, Omar could just go wild there in the post. He's six foot eight, and is very skilled and really could jump and had some dunks, I think, last year. But... Uh, a very good player. We're looking forward to that matchup tomorrow. And then 
McPherson will be paired up with either Shawnee Heights or Wichita West, depending on what those two teams do and what McPherson does. If they win the rest of the way, then they play the night game every single day of the tournament. Right. So 8-15 tomorrow. If they win, they would then play at 8-15 on Friday. And then if they win again, it would be 7 o'clock on Saturday in the finals. And Coach Kinneman has talked about it a couple of times going into this week. The importance, and maybe not necessarily the importance, but the pressure that is on this it's team early really on in the week. It really is. And in the past, you know, when McPherson was just so good, it didn't really have to be that concerned about winning in the first round because it was generally a one or a two seed, played a seven or an eight. But, of course, remember 2014, Bullpups lost to Wichita North, and that was a Bullpup team that played for the state championship that year. It was just one of those games where Wichita North could do no wrong. In fact, I think it was – I think Connor Frankamp – it was after he was gone. It was after. That's right. what I'm saying. He was gone. So you didn't think they were going to be that good. And they come in here and they just shoot the lights out. I remember they came out and scored like 24 points in the first quarter. And the Bullpups played catch up all night. And they got nervous. And, and they then, you know, they got tight, couldn't make shots. But like Coach Kenneman said, the future of the tournament basically depends on the Bullpups winning in the first round. Here's a crazy stat from this tournament. And Steve wrote a great column at midkansasonline.com about. His history in covering this tournament, the 55 or previous 54 years of this tournament, here's one of the more crazy recent stats. An eventual state champion or state runner-up at 6A, 5A, or 4A Division I has played in this tournament every single season the last six seasons. Nine out of the last ten years, a team that has either won state or finished second at 6A, 5A, or 4A Division I has been in this tournament. And why do you think we get such strong feels? Because teams know when they come to the McPherson Invitational, they see great competition that makes them better for postseason play. And part of the reason that those numbers look good is because McPherson has been good, and they have been right. playing in state championship games pretty much every year for the last half decade. Well, five in a row. So that helps them there. But here's another crazy stat, Steve. So this is year number 55 of the McPherson Invitational. The Bullpups in their first round game are 46 and 8. So only eight times have they ever had to go into the loser's and bracket. Ju and just think how good the fields have been in those tournaments. Right. Generally, McPherson is among the smallest schools in the tournament every year. They are, you know, class, class you know, enrollment wise, they're generally the smallest or the second smallest uh, team in the tournament every year. We'll talk more about the tournament tomorrow as we get ready for action there, and we'll have updates all throughout the day tomorrow and Friday here on 96.7. Steve, let's take one more break. When we come back, I just got some breaking news uh -oh. that I think you will find to be interesting, and I think a lot of people that are fans of the Big 12 will find to be interesting. We'll talk about that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Jim Joyner, Steve Selb. Steve, that breaking news. If you remember a couple of months ago, 
when the University of Alabama made their decision at quarterback to go from Jalen Hurts as a starter Uh to Tua Tagovailoa, that Jalen Hurts' dad came out and said something along the lines of, Jalen Hurts will be the most high-profile grad transfer in the history of college football. And he has announced his decision via the Players' Tribune. I'm guessing Oklahoma. Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plane. That doesn't surprise me. Jalen Hurts, who is a quarterback that played in the national championship game as a freshman and lost to Clemson. As a sophomore, had one of the best Alabama teams we've ever seen. They happened to lose in their Iron Bowl game to Auburn, still get in. They win in their semifinal game, and then he gets pulled at halftime. Tagovailoa makes the comeback in the championship game. So now Jalen Hurts will transfer to Oklahoma for his senior season. So that means that at the start of this next college football season, OU will have three quarterbacks in three years that are big-time quarterbacks. And it could be a chance for a third consecutive Heisman winner. Three consecutive years that they've had a quarterback transfer in and immediately just, be a game changer. I just changer. can't believe he didn't pick KU. I mean, they had an opening. I thought he should have. They had an opening at quarterback. For sure should have picked Arkansas. Yeah. I, I thought he was crazy that he didn't go there. Yeah. Yeah, he should have picked KU. Yeah. But Jalen Hurts, on the move to Norman. Do you have any problems with that? Do I have any problems with yeah, it? Yeah, do, do you, is my, there anything my, that my you think, problem why would he do I, that? I, I wish he wouldn't have gone because I think it just makes OU better. I'd rather take my chances with Austin Kendall than Jalen Hurts. But we're going to find out how good Jalen Hurts really is. You know, you, everyone kept saying he had such a good team around him. You never knew how good he really was. Is he that great a passer? I'm not sure he's a great passer. He's a really good runner. But most of all, he's a really good leader. I'll be excited to see what Jalen Hurts does, and I can guarantee I'm pulling for him because I've always liked Jalen Hurts. My dad was never real high on him. Clifton. But I'm a big fan of Jalen Hurts, and I think that Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley, with Jalen Hurts, and that crew going up against Kansas, <laughs> Kansas it's State. Really interesting. It's really interesting. Of all, you know, there's been several grad transfer quarterbacks. Alex Delton. Yeah, Alex Delton, by the way, now going to TCU and not right. UTEP. But one's going to Ohio State, one's going to OU, you know. Wonder how that happened. Yeah, exactly. Steve, college football is so much fun. I love college football, and I can't wait to see what Jalen Hurts does and the potential Jalen Hurts to a Tagovailoa duel in a college football playoff semifinal well, or that final. That could very well happen. Man, how much fun would that be? That'd be incredible. Nick Saban against Jalen Hurts. Ooh. I'm already getting chills thinking about it. There you go. Grandpa Danny's probably out running oh, around in circles somewhere. Danny, he's probably already got it on Facebook and Twitter and what's what's all those other things called? Instagram? Yeah. What else is there? Chat, snap, Snapchat, whatever. Snapchat, Bill Belichick. Whatever, okay. Book face. Facebook, yeah. Chat snap. Okay. All right. Okay. You got it. it. You got got it. it. I believe in you, Steve. I got it backwards. Steve, tomorrow on the show, we'll preview the McPherson Invitational and try to give everybody a rundown of where everybody in the area will be playing because there's just so many games going on, so many tournaments that are being bumped up. And a lot of time, yeah, a lot of time changes. I'm trying to keep up with them and post them at midkansasonline.com. Yeah, that's maybe the most important thing. Just keep your eyes glued there. But we have a very busy and very fun week of basketball 
coming up here, and luckily we don't have to make very many more drives out into the fog. Well, we've got we don't have a road game until February, so that's a good deal. No more fog. Yeah. I'm sick of it, Steve. I'm, oh, I'm glad you are because I've been sick of it. For I've never seen fog last this long. Normally it burns off by now. One thing before we go, I went over and watched Central Christian last night, Steve, as they took on eighth-ranked Langston in NAI basketball. And a big shout-out to Coach Tony Romero because his guys play so hard. They and do. the Tigers fell just short last night. But every game they play in conference play, no matter who they're playing against, they are right there with One them. One loss by a point, three losses by two points, another loss by five points, and a loss by six points. And they were ahead in all those games. Against some really, really good teams. You put them in the KCAC, and they're probably top four for sure. So big shout-out to them, and they're almost come back for the win. It was a lot of fun there yesterday at the Jerry E. Alexander Arena. All right, Steve, tomorrow on the show we'll dive into the McPherson Invitational. We'll keep getting notes on the Mid-America Classic as that will all begin next week. Wrapping up today's show, for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.